0: Warning! The following episode contains mature subject matters, mentions of immigrant culture, and a Brazilian host with the energy of a chaotic vampire. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Laura Farito Show. My name is Laura Faritos, and this is my show. <laughs> that sums it up. This is Episode 5 Interview with Ana Sapulala Enjoy A Vassalador, um cara interessante, esculacho teu amante, até o teu ficante. Mas mas não se esqueça que eu sou vagabundo, depois que a putaria começou a rolar no mundo. Alright. And I'm sitting here with my friend from RTA Media Production, Ana Sapulala. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, more importantly, can you pronounce my name? Well, Laura Machado Faria. Look at that. Look, <laughs> look at that. Wow, flawless. So, folks, the reason I'm interviewing Anna is because ever since we've become acquainted here, I have been fascinated by her knowledge of Brazilian culture. She is so much more Brazilian than me, y'all. Like, <laughs> it's not even funny. Uh, I don't say that. <laughs> like, she's constantly referring to Brazilian pop culture that I'm not aware of. She's constantly sending me memes that are current, that I don't even... Like, she follows meme pages I don't follow. And, like, she knows all the memes from Inês Brasil, and, like...
1: (laughs) 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 Like... It's not just just Inês; it's it's a bunch of other things, too. I mean, it's not even that I follow the pages, it's just that they pop up on my algorithm as soon as I start saving one of them.
0: I think that's hilarious. I think that's hilarious in so many levels. Um... So, the thing that I find the most interesting about Anna is that she is an um, immigrant as well, just like me. Anna, uh, why don't you tell my listeners about where you come from and how you ended up in Canada?
1: Uh, I came to Canada from Manila, where I was born, in 2010. So, I was 8. And I, unlike a lot of Filipinos who immigrate to Canada... They, they usually immigrate to uh, a Filipino community within Canada. They already settle there. But for me, I immigrated to an Italian community, so I ended up engaging with that community, even if by force. So I learned to um, also engage w- with other cultures um, by using the resources that I had. I mean, I lived near a public library. I had access to a computer. I had access to the Internet. So um, a lot of what... I ended up knowing. I ended up knowing about Brazilian culture as a result of uh, a lot of secondhand discoveries or firsthand discoveries because um, no one really introduced me to it. I just, uh, I just ended up there. But uh, yeah, I, I settled in a community that was not Filipino, and I think that's the most important part to stress because. I think it's a case that happens to a lot of immigrants in Canada um, where they have to engage in something called cultural osmosis. They're just absorbing other cultures that exist
0: mm-hmm. within, you know, the city. It's like assimilation beyond just the local culture.
1: I don't I don't necessarily think it's... There, there are cases, like, systemically where it's assimilation, but in terms of, you know, outside of those systems, and when you're just trying to discover things for yourself and trying to find, you know, beauty in what's really mundane about the city... You get a sense of like different parts of the world being here, being just at your fingertips. And I think it's I think it's a huge privilege. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is part assimilation in terms of trying to fit into social systems. But in terms of trying to interact with systems outside of it and trying to interact with communities outside of that, um, I think it's far more rewarding.
0: That's amazing and when you were in these communities what languages were more prominently spoken to you
1: i mean obviously english because i don't have many opportunities to speak tagalog i mean w- whenever i do go to go uh whenever i do get to go to a filipino business or i get to go to a filipino restaurant and i see that there are employees who are filipino i try to use it as much as possible but because i was in a mostly white community i didn't really have the opportunity to, l- to um, really continue to develop the language I already knew coming to Canada. So the languages I ended up being taught were obviously French and Italian and the rest of the languages that I I know now I have learned um, from other media in that language or from other personal discoveries with that media.
0: So, okay. I know that we want to do a segment later in this episode where I'm going to test your knowledge of Brazilian language with cuss words. (laughs) But... How familiar are you with cuss words in these other languages that you've told me about?
1: Relatively familiar because, um, <laughs> I mean, I hear them, I used to hear them all the time, but because a lot of what I've discovered about Brazilian culture has kind of eclipsed, or, or slightly <laughs> eclipsed, all the other cultures I learn about, and I try to balance We're them out as much as... We're
0: culturally rich, that's th- true.
1: I mean... I try to balance them out as much as possible, but, like, I feel like I know uh, way more, in, in like, cuss words in Portuguese than, than other languages. I feel mm. like they do overlap.
0: hmm And when it comes to your um, overall engagement with Brazilian culture, would you say that that's limited to music, or is it's it... It's never,
1: ever limited to music. Okay. Especially now. It used to be limited to music, because that's exactly how I discovered it. I did have a family friend who was Brazilian, and... The first time, I think my first ever exposure to Brazilian culture that I feel was very vindicated is during, like, a baby shower that she had, and I had a brigadeiro for the first time, but I didn't know what the hell that was. I
0: love brigadeiros. I
1: didn't know what that, but I didn't know what that was. I had a coxinha for the first time, I didn't know what that was. So I was very oblivious to what Brazilian culture was up until I discovered Marcos Vale on, on YouTube because around 2017, 2018, there was this resurgence of city pop that just shook the algorithm of musical discoveries on YouTube, and I hopped into that rabbit hole, and I ended up where Marcus Valle's 1983 self-titled album was, and from then on, I just never ever got out of that rabbit hole. I have been staying in it, and I am glad that I have benefited from it in a way that is still very respectful towards the culture that he has helped uh, create.
0: Um. One thing that I find really funny that I should stress to the listeners here is that one of the major bonding factors that Anna and I had was that when she was showing me her Spotify artists and pointing out her most listened to Brazilian artists, one of the artists that was among her top three (laughs) listened to happens to be somebody I'm related to. Anna, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: No, I was, I was just, <laughs> I wish, I'm shocked that you're related to Anna Franguiletrico because, uh, I actually, I discovered her, uh, so I discovered them, excuse me, I discovered them, uh, a couple of, I think back in 2018 and, uh, I think, um, I think it was their first, um, i think it was their first album that i, I discovered little uh,
0: electric chicken heart
1: is that's their sophomore album uh, i think is what it's called Correct See me she if I'm wrong. She, knows,
0: she knows more <laughs> about my cousin's discography than I do. <laughs> aninha. Well, I mean, I don't... I aninha, don't aninha <laughs> my cousin. Aninha. If you're listening to this, I am sorry. I thought Little Electric Chicken Heart was your only album. And it's apparently more, it isn't. I'm sorry, I'm kema. a poser.
1: <laughs> it's one masuquema. But I discovered... I discovered... Uh, I do through there. And from then on, I was like, oh, this is, this is really good. Because I didn't know what current Brazilian music really sounded like. Before then, I was really stuck listening to a lot of uh, na- a lot of classics, so Jorge Ben, Jorge Berto, mm. Milton Nascimento, Gal Costa. I didn't really know, like, oh, what does current Brazilian music actually sound like? And lo and behold, your cousin and <laughs> I. Uh, but as soon su- at, at first, I wasn't convinced by the first album. But then when I listened to a Little Electric Chicken Heart, I was like, oh, this is something worth writing about. So I did write about it, and then. Your cousin ended up noticing it. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, you wrote
0: about it? I did, did write, write
1: I wrote, it? I wrote about it, like, if it's 2013, I wrote about it uh, five years ago. Five so years ago. where
0: did you, where did you write about it? It is
1: on my, this is when I used to write little prose things about um albums I listen to on mm. my Instagram page. I no longer do that, but, I only stopped last year, but... Uh, back in 2018, when I listened to Little Electric Chicken Heart, I was like, this is really mesmerizing, I want to find more of this, but first, I want to write about it. So I wrote a little prose thing about it, and um, I inserted this picture of uh, walking wounded by everything but the girl in like the, the image for the post, and... Aninha happened to take notice, and they were like, oh, I was just listening to everything but the girl. I'm like, that's because I was paying attention. So, yeah, I've... Wow. I've just branched out of that ever since. I still really appreciate everything that Aninha's been putting out recently. What's but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much... That's pretty much how I ended up discovering uh, Ana Frango Eléctrico.
0: What would you say is your favorite song by Ana Frango Oh,
1: that's tricky. Um... Probably, uh, God, if I could look it up right now, I could. I I, I would say uh, Promessas e Provisões. That's a really good song from them. I think it's one of their best. P- but uh, Promessas e Provisões.
0: Promessas e Provisões. Okay. Again, cousin, I'm sorry. I don't know the song, but I will look it up. <laughs> <You should laughs> I will look, look it up. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. I and mean everyone <laughs> listening to this should also look it up. Please go listen to Anna Frangaletri. Uh, please, Laura's please. cousin, makes some fire what's, what's music. What's the name of that guy? That guy who, who rated it really highly?
1: I do not remember. Oh, Anthony the Fantano, the, the bald uh, the guy. An- Anthony Fantano, the world, the internet's busiest music nerd.
0: Yeah, he rated it like an eight. He out gave of it ten. an
1: eight. He gives a lot of international albums
0: an eight. That's good. See, this is all yeah. the more of a reason if you if you know this guy and you think that he's really guys guys it's harsh. just listen it's just it's just his
1: but at the end of the day though it's just his opinion
0: yes (laughs) okay well one thing that i find fascinating about anna when it comes to you know your journalistic experience is that you've been to more brazilian events in toronto than i have And not only have you been to these events, you've done editorial press in these events, and you've gotten to interview... Oh, editorial's like a bit much, but I, I mean have interviewed... I would interview. call that editorial still. <laughs> okay. And you've gotten to interview celebrities that for Brazilians who listen to that, that would be amazing. To me, when you told me all those names, I was like, uh, that means <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but I, I recognize credit where credit's due. So why don't you talk a thank little you, bit about your experiences it. interviewing Brazilian artists?
1: Oh, thank you. I mean, first of all, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate my work. But uh, I guess to begin the events that I, I would attend here that had Brazilian audiences, uh, I've attended the uh, Samba, which is at um, Lola Lounge. They ho- they hold it at different times during the year. I've attended the election edition. I've ad- I've attended the carnival edition. I will not be attending the saint georgie edition because I have no idea what that holiday is, but all respect. But all respect to where. where res- like, all respect where respects to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a good time at those events. And the funny thing is, whenever I've taken people to those events, those people have lost me at those events. They've always managed to find me. What do you mean
0: they've lost you? They've lost me. I wander
1: around, I I maneuver. (laughs) And they're like, you blend in with those people so well. I said, I am not doing anything or I'm not
0: trying to do anything to do it. Have you ever been to a Festa Junina? I've never been to a Festa Junina. Oh my God, this year in in June, I'm going to take you to a Festa Junina. And (laughs) I want to see whether you're going to blend in the crowd with that because that... Festa Junina requires makeup and costume, but it's Oh, like I
1: don't do makeup out here. Oh my uh, God, I'm it would be
0: so fun to see you at a Festa Junina. I you don't have to look I like a Brazilian <laughs> hick, a Brazilian... <laughs> a Brazilian hick with like... You have oh, to have red cheeks uma, with like polka dots all over it. You oh, have to uma have uma braids.
1: Como <laughs> uma pessoa de de, uh, de sertão, Ca-
0: Yes, yeah. Festa <sighs> Junina is basically... Something that we do around the month of June, and it's like, it's like celebrating the culture of like the North, and it's just really, really fun. Okay. And I would love to see you dancing there and like blending <laughs> in. When I took my friend Jessica, she did the same thing. She just wandered around, she disappeared, and before I knew it, Jessica was like making out with a Brazilian, and I was like, "What is going <laughs> on?" Like. <laughs>
1: Anyway, going back to the, the other event that I attended, uh, mm-hmm. this was actually a little bit recently. I attended a Mixto Festival, and this happened last summer, so around early July. The way that I ended up in the, at that festival is that I do some volunteer work for the campus station here, CGRU, and I, I have done some cataloging for albums, meaning that I've I filled out in, uh, information for albums, I've reviewed them. Mm-hmm. So one day, I... I emailed the super, my supervisor for the cataloging and I asked them why are, is it okay if I propose some albums that might um, be useful for like the international section and I listed down a lot of international albums but a lot of the albums I, I listed were, were uh, by Brazilian artists because I had reviewed an album by Brazilian artists that someone else already reviewed and I did it by accident and I really didn't mean to but once I started writing my own version of that review was like I've got to... There's got to be more out there. So I, I proposed the uh, the list of those albums to my supervisor. And they just hit me back and said, do you just want to go to a festival where you can see them? And I said, yeah, sure. And when I looked at the lineup for Mixto, you had Shania França opening, you had Sale closing, and in the middle you had Francisco El alongside all these other inter- wonderful international acts, like uh, like Bombino, And... I just thought, you know what? If I don't get this opportunity now, I may never get it again. Mm-hmm. So, I just went all out and interviewed all three of those artists and I walked away with an experience that I feel is really rewarding because um, I'm glad that they were able to acknowledge the fact that I have a deep love and respect for their culture and that after years and years of being invested in that culture, deeply invested, it's really paid off. I remember, interviewing Francisco Alombre, um, and I hadn't, that interview wasn't planned beforehand, my supervisor, my supervisor just saw that I had a lot of time before I would interview Sale later that night, um, they, so she just texted me, she said, do you want to interview Francisco Alombre, they're available, um, after their, um, show, and I said, I don't know who they are, but, um, I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to try, so, for, I had 90 minutes before they would get on stage, for 90 minutes, I listened to their album, Salta Bruxas, and I, using my phone, I just opened up a bunch of Google Chrome tabs, and I just did a bunch of research on them, and I was just writing really friskily in my notebook, and um, I was just looking and just translating all the interviews and seeing, okay, what questions haven't people asked them yet? Mm-hmm. What questions do you think they're going to walk away with knowing that, oh, someone really values our music? Um, and I didn't even know who the band were. And I, I finally got to see them live after 90 minutes. I saw them get on stage. They absolutely brought um, an amazing amount of energy. And um, I ended up interviewing them after. And a couple of minutes before I interviewed So at the end of the night, uh, the drummer, Sebastian, uh, shout out Seb if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for um, giving me the opportunity to interview and you and uh, the group. But Sebastian came up to me and he said, um, "I just want to say thank you for like, I want to say th- thank you for interviewing us. Thank you for like having that for for giving us like, um, for asking us those questions because you know we usually don't get those kinds of questions and we get interviewed by many big news platforms and journalists and they never ask questions that you know have this much thought into it. And I'm glad that you put a lot of thought into those questions mm-hmm. and and a lot of research because it shows me that." you must be a very intelligent person. And I said, thank you very much. Um,
0: well, that must have meant a lot. Yeah,
1: and I went into that so interview at the end of the night at le- 11.45. I went into that interview, like, before midnight, absolutely confident that, yeah, I'm going to kill this. This is the biggest artist I'm going to interview. So I, I I walked in there confident. I came out confident. And I'm glad that a lot of those years of me just having this deep-seated interest that, you know, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be really big. Is this really going to benefit me in the long run is this is this abs- is this um penchant going to be useful mm-hmm. and I realize now it is so much more valuable than I, s- I would still I would still know now I, it's, it's more valuable than I know and I recognize that but I feel like there are things I don't know that are that will become even more valuable later on because I was just I just have this deep appreciation for for Brazilian culture
0: mm-hmm and uh, when it comes to your all-time favorite artists if you could pick five of them to interview who would it be
1: oh god uh, i hope i can Brazilian n- artists Brazili- Brazilians specified. specifically okay um well a lot of them would be current because i don't know when Georgie Bang will drop dead <laughs> that is my biggest fear. If Georgie <laughs> Bain drops dead, that's, I mean, I'll never interview I'd like to interview him, but mm-hmm. not sure how good he is at English. I feel like that's the, that's a factor, too. But Georgie Bain I would like to interview, hopefully. Uh, obviously, I'd like to interview uh, Marina Sena. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Anna is obsessed with Marina Sena. <laughs> <laughs> currently, currently, currently,
1: currently, currently. <laughs> you never know. Um, Marina Sena. Uh, I'd like to interview Lucia Alves because I think she's bringing something unique to... The Northeastern sound right now that I don't think has been there for a long time, but feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Any Mm Brazilians who listen to this, any no justinos, please. So, Jorge May, Marina Sena, Lucia Alves. I'd love to interview Luigi Luna, who's a good friend of Shania França, who I interviewed. Um, I'd like to to get her perspective on how she views um, black womanhood in Brazil. Mm -hmm. I think she has a very unique perspective of it. God, who else would I want to interview? Um, I would, so I have three, I guess I would, I would also like to interview, um, uh, god my mind's drawing a blank. Um, Fleezus, I would like to interview Fleezus, because he represents something alongside so many MCs right now. In Mm. Brazilian, um, grime? Like grime, grime is in UK grime, but Brazilian. He represents a shift in, like, uh, Brazilian lyricism that I think is really unique and yeah. is making grime a very global um, genre and culture and movement. And, g- again, grime is grime is a culture that I ended up, like, the grime culture of the UK is something I ended up exposing myself to. So I'm glad to see that its globalization is evident within his music. So, so for I'd have anyone fleas I'd have who
0: doesn't know what grime is, what what would you describe grime
1: is a grime is a subset of electronic music firstly electronic and dance music a lot of people mistake it for hip-hop um but grime is based in the uk started in the uk it stepped out it stemmed out of uh garage and it stepped it stemmed out of jungle and it stemmed out of drum and bass and two-step which broke through in the mainstream but it wasn't until um you know these these um these marginalized communities from these um Council Estates started recording on, you know, PlayStation, like, music software and and started um, making use of pirate radio signals to really give a voice to the people around them and to the communities around them. That is where grime comes from. Grime comes from the margins of English and Black British culture. And the fact that it has become global and it has stretched all the way to Sao Paulo, that's that's a big achievement in itself because I know gram exists in other places but I don't think it it's global imprint has been as evident as it is as it has been in São Paulo so Fleixas is another one so I have 4 now um god uh and Jesus a lot of the ones I'd like to interview are already dead so the four that I have currently I can I, I d- I'd definitely still be able to do but so I have those four and then the final one I I guess I I really want to interview is um is Dona Neici because she has worked with Francisco Alombré before, but I knew her before that. Mm-hmm. And she is a she is a she's an individual who represents a piece of history. She has helped protect and preserve the culture of Para in Brazil um, to great effect. She is a teacher. She is a historian. Um, she means many things to that region and and or that region that she calls her country and. I want to be able to learn and understand how the art of a place and its people is preserved in this way Mm -hmm. by her because she does it in a unique way that I've never seen from any other storyteller. I think she brings a unique voice to the people of Para that -hmm. I would at least like to interview her before God knows when she drops dead. But like. (laughs) This is such a difficult question Because I like so many Brazilian artists That the five artists that I've just named Not all of them are set in stone Apart from I guess the first Three or four
0: But I feel like any Brazilian listeners That know the artists you're talking about Are gonna absolutely lose their minds (laughs) At the fact that you know these people
1: (laughs) Oh! uh, If I could add an honorable six Mm -hmm. I would love to interview Lujamila I I would love to interview Lujamila I'm sure um,
0: Ludmila would love to be interviewed by you. <laughs> um, tell me this: when it comes to the idea of traveling and visiting Brazil, what places would be your top go-to based on everything top you know about Brazil? Top go-to.
1: Oh, okay. Top three. I can't make a five. Uh, no. Uh, three. Ditching. Okay. Uh, first of all, I will ditch São Paulo and Rio, uh, Rio de Janeiro. I feel like they'll always be there. Okay. Fair. I'm not saying those two places are overrated, but there are other great places. The first place I'd like to go to is um, Minas Gerais. I mean, nice. Because the Brazilian football club that I... S- as You you should have prefaced that I, I, I'm an absolute football nerd, but the Brazilian club that I support um, is Atletico Mineiro, and um, they're from Minas Gerais. But apart from that, uh, I think uh, Minas Gerais is a unique place to visit in general because... Obviously, of the the mining, um, the the cheese like these are very surface level things. But I think it's a I think it's a beautiful city that I like to visit. Another one is Recife because a lot of the Brazilian artists that I love are are really from brilliant. are from Recife. So people like Chico Cienci and uh, Quero Cien Jacare, those. Also, I forgot to mention a lot of artists from like that I like from Brazil are, are from Minas Gerais as well. So I would like to to visit that area as well. But I'd like to visit Recife because they play a very important. That city plays an important role in Brazil's uh, ec- ecology and ec- ecological identity, and the mm-hmm. fact that there the whole Mangue Beach movement stemmed out of that, I really appreciate, and I really, I deeply admire what the causes for that manifesto were and the music that stemmed out of it. Mm-hmm. And I would like to to go there not just to better understand that manifesto, but to also understand the legacy of of that manifesto and what that brought to the ecology of Recife and Brazil as a whole. And then, the third city I'd like to visit is uh, Maranhão. Um, just because I've seen it in, in some global novellas, I think that it that looks like a gorgeous city to visit. I'm in love with the way that the architecture is portrayed in that media, and I know that know that some of that is true to form, and I know some of it isn't, but um, I think uh, Maranhão is a very special place in the Northeast that, sure everybody, I'm sure everybody in Brazil recognizes, but um, from from what they're what they're seeing, but I think it's a very special part of the Northeast that yeah I'd just like to go to.
0: Okay, so Minas Gerais, Recife, Maranhão. Those are really good picks. Not at all the mainstream, usual ones that the gringos like to pick. <laughs> um, you know, when I think about his seafood, do you know what I think about? Uh, crabs? Shark attacks. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, because when I was seven years old, I was in the, um, what do you call Orla? I
1: do not know. Like,
0: like the, the, the sidewalk in front of the beach that you see.
1: Ah, the boardwalk.
0: Boardwalk. That. Like, uh, um, boardwalk. That's what they, that's what they, it's boardwalk. That's what they call it here. Um, I was sitting at the boardwalk with my mom and we were watching this guy surfing and the waves in Hisifi are like really high. Like it's it's very, almost like Hawaii. um, And this guy was surfing and my mom was like, Laura, you cannot learn how to surf because you could be attacked by a shark. And I was like, mother, that's ridiculous. This man is surfing and he's not being attacked by a shark. And she was like, we'll see how long that lasts. And I shit you not, in like less than five minutes since that conversation, this man was attacked by a shark. (laughs) And um, it was like a whole thing. The the lifeguard (laughs) had to go get him. They basically had to do an entire wrestling match to get this man into the boat from the shark trying to get him afterwards when they took him to the ambulance it was like one of his legs was basically gone the shark (laughs) just kept a snack and uh, later that week they ended up catching the shark and displaying it and it was a bull shark and those motherfuckers are like
1: bull sharks i forgot to mention oh yeah I forgot to mention that those those things are scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention the reason why I want to visit Hissifi. I guess the main reason is not just because of the uh, ecology, but
0: not because of not sharks. Not because of sharks <laughs> or the ecology. No,
1: not just because of the ecology. Because I think um, I think Hisifi's like uh, environmental like um, identity is really important. But m- I also have a good friend who lives in Hissifi and is mm. currently teaching there. So Rafael, if you're listening to this, um, thank you very very much for making me appreciate your culture as well
0: thank you rafael for making her appreciate our culture i appreciate (coughs) you now person i don't know thank you (laughs) um okay so as we reach the end of the episode i think it is important we get to the nitty-gritty important stuff and what's really 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 important is cuss words in multiple languages let's begin with italian what cussing do you know in Italian?
1: Uh, managgia, ikazzo, what does that mean? Manaja just means motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, not 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 motherfucker. Manaja, I don't. Manaja is like an exclamation. Mama, mafangulo, ma ma, ma is a mafangulo is a is motherfucker, but
0: mafangulo, mafangulo.
1: But I know vafangulo. Yeah, but uh, the most common one I think in Italian, the most common cuss word is uh, cazzo.
0: Yeah,
1: cazzo means just fuck. You know, cazzo can mean,
0: I yeah, crazy. I always thought cazzo mean t- meant dick.
1: Um, I don't, I don't exactly know the versatility of that word. To be honest, I haven't spoken Italian in a very Kata long time.
0: Katsu. I, haven't I <laughs> thought <it> was <laughs> <It> <laughs> What else?
1: Uh, that's about it. I don't really, I can't really remember. Okay,
0: let me add um, two cuss words in Italian for you then. Stronzo. That basically just means like a person who is a poop i
1: didn't know you were half italian
0: huh i didn't know you were half italian i'm not half italian i just i just know way too many cuss words in italian <laughs> because of my mom's first husband okay that's fair stronzo you should add that to your, uh, your stronzo, okay <laughs> you should also add troia means ho. <laughs> 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 like the helen helen <laughs> of Troy. Oh,
1: that's, that's, <laughs> that's, whoa, that's I
0: really know, I know, it's horrible. Okay, uh, what other languages did you say you knew? Uh,
1: I know Spanish, I know, um, I know, obviously more Portuguese, I know, I know Tagalog, I don't know French.
0: Okay, three swear words that you know in Spanish. Uh,
1: puta, uh, I'm what not even saying enough in Spanish. Uh, puta means horrible, oh. also puta can mean fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So it's puta... There's uh, kulo, which is, um, <laughs> what is kulo? Kulo is like asshole, ass. Huh? Kulo is asshole, yes. Yeah. And then there's, um, uh, God. And then there's mierda, which means shit. I know I know more than, than what I can list right now, that's but you're fair, putting me on fair. the
0: spot, so. Okay, okay, Wh- what about in your native tongue?
1: Oh, okay, in Tagalog. Um, okay, we have putang minamo, which is, like, the most common one. But how lin- do you
0: pronounce that? I want to learn.
1: Putang, inamo, putang, inamo, putang Putan ina mo, putang ina mo, putang ina mo.
0: Putang ina mo.
1: Putang ina mo. I don't think you will get it. Mo, um, ina mo. No, I, putang putang ina. Putan putang. Mo. Ina no, ina. Ina. Which means you motherfucker. Putang ina mo. Uh ina
0: mo. <laughs> yes. I'll get it. I'll I'll learn. So there's
1: there's that motherfucker. And, and then there's um there's a lot that I can't think because again I don't get many opportunities to speak Tagalog, so that's I. That's fair. That's a fair
0: point. Okay, what about Portuguese then? What are the Oh God. Okay, Portuguese.
1: there you go. Um. See, <laughs> there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> puta que pariu. There's. Uh, puta que pariu. There's uh, that's
0: that's.
1: There's caralho. There's caralho. How do carava. we even translate
0: puta que pariu to English?
1: That's a good question. I don't even know what it it's is.
0: It's like a whore who just birthed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a uh, fio da puta, there's. Son of a bitch. There's um. Caraca. Cara caralho. Caralho, caramba. Vaca. Vaca, cal. Cassete. <laughs> cassete, I use that I use cassete. Um. There's a bunch that I can't even name right now.
0: I would say mm. my favorite cuss words in Portuguese are porra. Yes, porra one. I use porra a lot. Caralho cacete filho da puta cuzão oh my zé buceta (laughs) 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 arrombado (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm gonna teach my audience uh, how to say the worst things in Portuguese can... Th- did you oh, know gosh,
1: all those isn't, isn't that cachorro also like a bit of a sometimes or?
0: yeah you can call a person a dog yeah. okay did you know all of the words that i said or was any of them new uh,
1: like 25 like, percent, not 25 I'm, I'm overestimating myself 15 10 to 15 percent of them
0: okay um do you know what arrombado means i've heard of it arrombado is a person whose asshole has been enlarged <laughs> Zebuseta is my favorite, and that's because people miss, you
1: know, because the Brazilians or Portuguese speakers will mistake like, will mistake it for the Spanish word for bus, which is la Buceta. Yeah,
0: but so no, Zabuceta is like <laughs> pussy Joe. This is a person who is not only a coward, but an annoying fucking coward. It's a pussy Joe. It's a little zebuceta thinking he can go around and just do would pussy you Joe things. A, would you consider cafajesti a, a curse word? Or is it yes, cafajesti yeah. is like a douchebag. Yeah, there you go. Cafajesti <laughs> is another one. Well, Ana, thank you so much for this amazing interview. Oh, I'm you. sure my Brazilian friends are going to lose their shit about this. Is there anything you would want to say in Portuguese for any Brazilians listening to this? Uh,
1: seja onde vocês Look, if if one of them ends up in 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 my bed, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that's if they listen to this. Don't don't take my word for it, please. I'm I'm much nicer than this.
0: Um, well. This was Anna Saplala for you. Anna, do you wanna plug any social media for anyone who would like to follow you? Yeah
1: sure. Um follow me at um Darnell underscore duckworth on Instagram. That's D-A-R-N-E-L-L underscore D-U-C-K W-O-R-T-H. Darnell Duckworth. Darnell underscore duckworth um on on Instagram and Yeah, that's projects
0: you'd like to plug?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I am doing a, a spirit live show called um, for the kids. I've this I've been in my second season. It's me combining all of my interests in art and football and music and film, and um, it's a good time. Uh, that you can find on um on Instagram at um at ftk jpeg, and um. On YouTube, you can just find it as at Boo Boo Snack. That's B O O B O O S N A C K. That's B O O B O O S N A C K at Boo Boo Snack on YouTube. But apart from that, thank you for having me as always. This is my first time, why am I saying always?
0: (laughs) Well, because I am going to have you on more interviews, and we have way too much that we need to talk about here. I'm just glad that I got to prove to people that there are gringos and gringas that just really appreciate our culture, even when Brazilians themselves don't appreciate it. And by Brazilians themselves, I mean Sometimes,
1: yeah, sometimes, I mean... (laughs)
0: Well, sometimes I don't know, maybe sometimes we will have to serve as a reminder
1: for you, yeah, so exactly. we're not we're not trying to we're not trying to um to take over you guys. We're just trying to remind you.
0: yeah, yeah, that our culture is more than we think it is. We don't have to keep con- constantly trying to be Americanized to be valued, you know, and we also don't have to try to assimilate with our Spanish speaking friends in order to be appreciated. I think two things can be true at once. And Anna is here to prove that. And this was the episode. You've made it to the end. You listened to my voice this whole time and it didn't drive you crazy. Congratulations. Thank you so much for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, I would be talking to myself. So (laughs) thank you. And this was the episode! You've made it to the end! You listened to my voice this whole time and it didn't drive you crazy! Congratulations! Thank you so much for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, I would be talking to myself. So, (laughs) thank you! If you'd like to stay up to date with my weekly episodes and occasional videos, please follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, at LauraFaritos. If you'd like to stay up to date with my work besides the show, please go ahead and sign up for my monthly newsletter. There I summarize key takeaways from my episodes, I share links to any other content I produce, and I also include tickets to comedy shows, so that's always nice. Finally, if you'd like to take an extra step and support the making of the show, please consider making a one-time donation buying my merch or signing up for my patreon for just two dollars a month you get all my content ad free full length and sometimes even the behind the scenes process i'm looking at you media production students you like the show huh do you do you you like the show prove it give me your money pay me cash dollars i want dollars this has been a public service announcement. See you in the next episode. Ciao ciao. <laughs>